Listen, you are a son of God that walks. That talk about purity. This man walks in purity and righteousness and integrity. I'm excited for you to deliver the word. You ready? Thank you, man. I love it. Come on, give it up for Jordan, director of House Ministries. Y'all are, y'all are mad nice. Uh, thank you. So uh, I was asking the Lord, I was like, what do I want to do? Do I want to preach? Do I want to teach? How do I want to do it? And I was like, I only got 15 minutes. So I'm going to just do what Jordan Robinson does best. And I'm just going to talk. Y'all, y'all cool with that? I want to just talk to y'all a little bit as a brother would talk to another brother or another brother or sister. Um, so for those of you who do not know me, um, my name, or you haven't had a one-on-one conversation with me, my name is Jordan Robinson. Uh, Dr. Tony Robinson is my son. Uh, some of you had the amazing chance to, uh, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm her son. She raised me and gave me the power. That, if y'all only knew. So, I'm her son. She gave me the anointing. It's not the other way around. Like, some would have you believe. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> My mama wants a grandbaby. Uh, and I want a baby. But before I do that, I need God to provide something. So if y'all want to see me have a baby, which everybody keeps saying, y'all just start praying. Go home today and say, God bless Jordan and Vicky indeed. Repeat it after me. God bless Jordan and Vicky indeed. Cool. Now I can have a baby. I appreciate y'all. As soon as I, as soon as I get this check, y'all will get a Robinson baby. Um, yeah, I was like, but for those of you who do know me, it is far too late. Pastor Chris has already let me up here. So y'all ready to go? So over the last couple of weeks, we have been addressing things like offense and what it means to step over those traps, what it means to keep going. And God started to remind me of some things during those weeks. And he said, I want you to just get up there and tell the people what I told you about some of those things. You guys cool with that? All right. So how many of you guys have ever heard us say, have heard anybody else say, or have ever said, you need to watch what you say because you will have what you say? What irritates me is that in the church, we have gone from actually believing that to just treating it like a superstition. Let's be honest. Like, sometimes it's like, ooh, don't say that. But we don't really realize the power of what's going on. We're always trying to run from something, treating it like it's a negative. Like, ooh, I better not say that because I don't want God to come up on me and come up on me and punish me. But how about if we'll have what we say, we begin to speak some positive things and we'll see things change. You guys know how the earth was formed? How? It was done by what? Spoken. The word for spirit, the word for breath, the word for hover, it says the Lord hovered above the face of the waters is the same word in Hebrew. It's ruach. If you go like this, go like this. Do it. That's what that means. It literally means breath coming upon something. So when God spoke, when he hovered above the face of the waters and spoke, literally what happened is something went out of him, power went out of him into the earth and the earth was formed. We, when God tells Adam, come, come, I want you to begin to name all the, uh, the animals, we were invited into God's divine power by being given the ability to speak. So what you say is not just this, oh, I'm throwing things out and something may happen. No, when you speak, you are literally releasing the power of God into an atmosphere to change something or to have something come to you. Are you with me? 
So when we begin to say things like the world is going to hell in a handbasket and gasoline draws, guess what we are going to get? When we say, man, it's a drought outside and it's never going to rain and the weather's not going to change, guess what we're going to get? When we continue to tell ourselves that my mama struggled with this, my daddy struggled with this, so I'll never be free, guess what you are going to get? There is a divine power in your speaking. When I speak to Chris and I say, man, you are a beloved son. You're an amazing father. You're an amazing preacher. I am not just hyping him up, but I am actually laying the brickwork for a road that a person can follow because it's truth. Look at the person next to you. Tell them you look good this morning. Tell them. It's truth. If you don't say it to Chris Ritchie, you're racist. Thank you. Because it's truth. Don't say it to my wife, though, Tyler. I see you. <laughs> Just kidding. I love you. Tyler's one of my best friends on the whole planet, and I'm so grateful that you're here, brother. I love you. I love you. I love you my whole life. <sighs> Next thing. I want you guys to remember this, okay? Build your life upon the foundation of the word. The word is Jesus. You guys want to hear something crazy cool? Uh, I was like, when I was putting the scene together and the Lord was just telling me, just get up there and talk. God gave me, and it's literally in my notes right here. I'm going to show you. You, you can see it. You, I'll pass around my phone if you want to. Got nothing to hide. It, I literally told God, I was like, Lord, what do, you want me to, what do you want me to put in here? And at this particular part, he goes, put this in here. And I said, I won't put this in here. I won't speak on this unless we sing the song. And literally the next line is Christ the Cornerstone. And this morning, like, we started singing the song. I was like, ah, it's the song from my notes. And I sent a screenshot over to some people, and I was like, I knew this was going to be good. Listen, how many of you guys know that what happens in the supernatural directly affects the natural? If you guys don't believe me, you can easily go take a look at a book called Daniel. And there's a part in there where Daniel was waiting on a message from the Lord. And the Bible says that the angel came to him and he said, hey, listen, your answer came the first time. But a demon came and withstood me. The prince of Persia came and withstood me for one in 20 days, 21 days. He said I had to get help from Michael. So Michael came to help me wrestle down this demon so I could get through to you. And now that we've taken him out. I have to go back because the prince of Greece is coming. So what they were talking about was the spiritual principalities that ruled over Persia and Greece. And if you think I'm lying, go check your world history. What happens after that? Not too long after that, Israel gets free. They go back home to their own land. And Greece literally comes in like a flood, Prince Alexander, and stomps out the Persians. It's literally what happened in world history. What happens in the supernatural always affects the natural. And for a long time in America, and this is not me saying I agree with it or disagree with it, because quite frankly, that's none of your business. But there was a cry in America. There was a cry in America about build that wall. See why I said it was none of your business? And so I begin to think about that. And I said, Lord, what does a wall being erected look like to you? And he said, oh, I'm glad you asked. This is what I want to tell the people. I want you to build your life, your foundation upon me. For I am Christ, the cornerstone. It is time to stop living by what if and live by what God said. 
So many times our lives get thrown into upheaval because we're not living by what God said. We're living by what if. So if God told me, Jordan, I want you to venture out and start a business, but I was stuck saying, okay, well, what if I don't have any money? What if my wife wants to leave me because I go broke? What if I got to move back in with my mom? What if all of these things happened to me? I would have never taken the plunge, would have never allowed me to meet some amazing people that literally have an effect on my life every single day. It wouldn't have allowed our business to grow and to succeed. By the way, we own a farmer's market. Y'all should come down and hang out with us. Thank you. Caleb's one of our sponsored athletes. My other partner, Drew's in here. That's a shameless plug. I don't care. But like we would have, for real, it's out at Cornerstone Park on Tuesdays. Yes, Cornerstone Park. Amen. So this is a sign from God. Come buy things from us. If you don't, you're going to hell. No, I'm just kidding. We cannot live, yes sir, and gasoline draws. We cannot live by what if. We must live by what God said. And Christ is the chief cornerstone. And as we begin to build, I begin to think about Nehemiah. And how, did you guys know, my sister sent me something that was so amazing. And Nehemiah prayed into his movement for over four months. And it only took him 52 days to build that wall. He prayed for months and it took him days. But when he was on that wall, multiple things begin to happen. So they lay the foundation, they begin to build the wall, and there were people who heard about them building the wall that was their rivals, and they're like, bro, look at the Jews. Look at them building. Don't they realize that we are a much more powerful nation? All we're going to come back and do is re-wreck the walls. All we're going to do is burn down the gates once again. Sometimes we face situations where we look at things and it's like, bro, look at those guys. How much money do they think that they have? How much clout do they think that they have? How much influence do they think that they have? I will raise myself above that and I will come up to crush them. But Nehemiah had a plan. Because that four months of prayer and preparation does something to you, baby. When you've been, how many of you guys have ever had to use a pressure cooker? When that thing is ready to cook and you're starving and you're just waiting on that whistle so you can take that meat out. That prayer, that pressure, that preparation does something to you. It releases to you a dream that you are willing to fight for. See, Nehemiah said that I will work on this wall with my weapon and my spade, meaning I will build this wall and my weapon will be in my hand because no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I will work my dream without fear of the enemy. Listen, There are going to come times where God has called you to do something. There's going to come times where you feel like God selected you for something and everything will be against you. The Bible says that people came up to Nehemiah and they were like, hey, bro, these people are attacking. You might want to come down off of that wall. They were saying, hey, the priests are doing this. You should come down off that wall. Hey, so-and-so is saying this. You should come down off of that wall. Hey, Chris, people don't like what you're posting on the Internet. You should come off of that wall. Hey, Drew Maine, there's other people that says your market will never be a success. You should come down off of that wall. Josh and Kyle, your music won't ever make a difference. You should come down off of that wall. Let me tell you something. When you are working with your weapon in your hand, and how many of you guys know what the weapon is? The weapon is the word. When you are building your dream and you begin to declare the word of God over that thing, over what you're doing, over what you're seeing, over what you're praying for, and you know this, that no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Because that's what God said. And I don't live by what if, I live by what God said. So when the temptation arises, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm not coming down off my wall. When the depression arises, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. I won't come off this wall. When bitterness arises because of past situations, 
No weapon formed against me. I'm not coming off my wall. So this is what I want y'all to do. Right now in your mind, I want you to gather what you feel like is coming against you. And I want you to look at it. And I want you in your heart, close your eyes, in your heart to say no, a resounding no. And I want you to just release it just in your heart. Okay, one, two, three, no. No. I'm not coming off my wall. I'm not giving up on what God has given me. I'm not going to stop fighting for what it is that God has called me to have. I won't stop fighting for my marriage. I won't stop fighting for my finances. I won't stop fighting for my future. I won't stop fighting for my children. I won't stop fighting for my peace. Are you with me? I refuse to come down off of the wall that God has given me. Nehemiah ends in the most interesting way. I got two minutes, 30 seconds. This all right? Two minutes and 30 seconds. All right. Nehemiah ends in one of the most amazing ways. After they build the wall, they all gather up and they're like, what do we do now? Now that the wall is built. And it says this in Nehemiah 13, one, it says, on that day, the book of Moses was read aloud in the hearing of the people, and there was found written that no Ammonite and Moabite should ever be admitted into the assembly of God. That was because those are very mean people. They didn't give the Israelites any water. They actually tried to kill them. But the way that they celebrated finishing the wall was to crack open the books of their history and to remember. Sometimes when we reach high heights, when we reach success, when we get to the place and to the thing that God has called for us to have, that is the time where we stop remembering the goodness of God. If you find yourself in a season and you're like, I literally feel like I can't praise God for the future, it's because you've forgotten your past. It is time to remember the things that God has done for you. It is time to remember the times that you didn't have a friend and Jesus showed up knocking on your doorstep. It's time to remember when you didn't have anything and God made sure your bills were paid. It's time to remember when God sent people into your life that should have never been there to take you to a place that your feet should have never touched. It's time to remember. Remember how good your God is. Remember what your God has said to you and refuse to come down from the place where God has called you. Encounter Church, I got 45 seconds. I'm going to bless y'all real quick. And then my sister's going to come. We'll pray at the end. Okay. Hang on. 35 seconds because I'm timing this. Let's go. Yeah, I am. I'm using up all the anointing juice that's in the bottle. Y'all getting this today. Listen, there can be no wine without the pressing of grapes. And for every drop of anointing oil, there's a crushed olive sitting somewhere wondering, God, what was my purpose? This is the time. Say it, Dave. Go ahead. There we go. There can be no wine without pressing the grapes. If you find yourself in a place where you're like, God, I don't know what the heck is going on. Remember. It is about time for the beautiful thing that you are to come pouring out. It's about time for you to start laying hands on some people and seeing them do some wicked things. And when I say wicked, I mean cool, because I was born in the 90s, Chris Ritchie. So don't, don't get up here and persecute me. So family, I love you, and I'm getting ready to bring up 
a powerhouse. So whose person, whose sandals I'm not fit to unstrap and wash. Um, so I'm gonna bring up my little sister, Jera, and she, she's gonna close it out. Control. Listen, y'all, I got my preacher cup today. This is, uh, huh. all right, hang on, mom. You ready? Oh, we're gonna restart the preacher clock. Don't even worry about it. Don't even worry. Oh my gosh. <sighs> Thank you, Jesus. I am so mad that I said I would go after Jordan, but it's it's fine. We're here now. We're here now. So something we always do inside of my youth group that I am not going to stop now just because it's a Sunday morning is we always, this table's falling apart, y'all. Uh, I always pre or always pray before I teach a message. And just because it's a Sunday morning, we aren't going to stop the flow of the Holy Spirit. We aren't going to change up the schedule. And so in my youth group, we always pray from a posture of receiving because I'm in the mood and I am in the belief system that God is always in the mood to give me a good gift. And I like getting good gifts. So if you guys want to go in a posture of receiving, sometimes we get really exciting in my youth group and we even stand. So if you're able to, if you have legs, go ahead and stand with me from a posture of receiving while we just pray. Oh, Jesus, I hope I don't take up eight minutes of my preaching time praying, but it's fine. If it happens, it happens. So right now, Jesus, we say yes and amen to whatever it is that you have for us today. Father, right now, we lay down agendas, we lay down motives, we give back to you what you have so graciously given to us. Right now, Holy Spirit, we say, come and have your way. It is your profound and immovable purpose that you be here and are with us here in this moment, moving through the hearts of the people. So we say that our eyes are open, our ears are open, our hearts are open, our spirits are open. Come, do what you want to do. Jesus would you have your way father where heaven has given the yes we give a resounding amen to the plans and the will of God for us today in your mighty name we pray in the I almost said in the youth group says my bad and the church says amen oh dang that was a good word Jordan preached Whoo! okay well now I'm going to preach a little bit about uh my favorite group of people, Gen Z. And I am what is known as kind of like a cusper. I fall in between the millennial uh, kind of spectrum and the Gen Z. If there's ever been a time that you thought I was like 15, 16, like some of the kids in my youth group, surprise, I'm not. I am actually an old woman trapped in a young woman's body. Um, but <laughs> some people are like, if you are old, what am I? I know, really old, that's what it is that you are. Um, so <laughs> I want to talk to you guys a little bit about Gen Z, and I'm going to hop straight into it, and I have 12 minutes left, so I hope that I get through everything that I want to say. I want to say right now, Katie, I'm sorry. You're with me every single Wednesday. I walk back and forth. I apologize. You're going to have to be running with that camera. Also, if you can't see me live on YouTube, I promise my shirt doesn't say Gen Z will be suicide. It says Gen Z will be suicide free if you can't see the full thing. Okay, cool. So uh, I want to run down you guys a little bit of statistics, and then I'm going to give you guys a little bit of the Bible. So right now, when they look at Gen Z, they are saying, statistics are saying 
that Gen Z is the least religious generation that we have ever seen. More than one third of Gen Z does not affiliate with anything. No church, no Catholicism, Christianity, Buddha, whatever it is. They're like, nah, we're nothing. We're just here floating in space, having our good times, charging rocks in the moonlight. But even though it says that they're the most non-religious group we've ever seen in the same full, Gen Z is the most spiritual group that we have ever seen. Why? Because they have what they perceive to be as the real thing right at their fingertips. And I want to read to you guys out of 1 Corinthians 2, verses 1 through 5 in the NIV. This is the Apostle Paul talking, and it says, And so it was with me, brothers and sisters, when I came to you, I did not come with eloquence or human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony as God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and great fear and trembling. My message and preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power alone. In the Amplified Version, it says that I didn't come with using clever rhetoric. My message was demonstrated with the power of the Holy Spirit operating inside of me, and the power of the Holy Spirit caused the stirring of the minds of the listeners and the persuading of them. Right now, Gen Z is not looking for somebody to tell them what's wrong, because I can guarantee you we already know what's wrong with us. What we need is somebody to come and say, this is who you are. What Gen Z is looking for right now, why the Apostle Paul is saying, I didn't come with wise or persuasive words, but with acts of power and demonstration, because what Gen Z is looking for is something in somebody to say this is real this is real it's not enough simply to talk the talk of Jesus because Gen Z will look at you and say I saw what you said on a Sunday but then I saw what you posted on Monday Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday I saw what you said on a Sunday morning but then I saw how you act on a Sunday night so no I'm looking for the real thing I'm gonna go find it myself I have this little unknown app it's called TikTok. It is my downfall, it's my demise. One day I'm gonna get saved for real and delete the app, but that day is not today, so y'all keep praying for me. But when I was on TikTok, it works in an algorithm, and at the beginning I had no clue how to work TikTok. Even though I'm 27, I'm kinda like 45 on the inside, and I'm like, what is this? So I don't know how to work this app. But the more you interact with certain things, the more you see those videos, but at the beginning of TikTok, it kinda like word vomits everything that they have on the feed to you, right? So you get to see. And as I'm scrolling through TikTok, they have these things that are called TikTok Lives. And as you're scrolling through, every other live is someone pulling tarot cards. You go to the next live, it's somebody swinging a pendulum saying with answers, yes, no, maybe so. You go to the next live, it's somebody saying, come on live, live and I'll ask you a question and I will connect with the spirits of other realms and I'll be able to tell you what it is. And the kids are interacting. So I hopped on one because one thing about me, I'm going to go on a live because I want you to call me out that way. I can say, no, you're wrong. <laughs> Once again, pray for me. I'm going to get saved one day for real. So I hopped on the live. I'm like, well, let me see what they're saying, right? And kids are like, will my life have purpose? Who am I? 
Will this guy like me? Will this girl love me? Will I do well in school today? Will my parents get back together? Will I be able to do this? Who am I? What am I? What is this? What does it look like? Who is this? What is going on? What is this? And people are in there and responding to them immediately. And they're like, well, I'm pulling the cards. And this is what the cards are saying to you. And the kids are in the comments like, whoa, that is exactly what I needed to hear. That is exactly what you, wow. How do you, you don't even know me, but you know me. And I'm looking at this like, where are the mothers and the fathers? Where are the millennials? Where are the Gen Xers? Where are the baby boomers? Instead of maybe being on the internet writing articles about how Gen Z is the most unchurched generation of the whole entire world, like Jordan said, going to hell in a handbasket, how about instead we begin to proclaim the goodness of God over a generation instead of saying, you're a generation lost, we say, no, you're a generation that is in love with Jesus because they're getting these answers from somewhere, but how many of you guys know they're getting them from a resource when we have access to the source which is Jesus which is Jesus and it's not lost on me as I'm looking at these things that the kids are shouting out wow this is really accurate how did you know this the stars must be in alignment for me today and I'm looking at it and I'm like you know why this is so accurate or you watch shows like the Long Island medium and they're like how did you know how is this so accurate you know why because I'm looking at the psychics at the witches at the wizards at the warlocks who are cultivating their practices for hours at a time day in day out waiting and trying to learn more about what it is that they are using their abilities for and I had the idea what would it look like as the saints as the older generations if we begin to spend a half as much time cultivating with these sources they do with the resources and then we can look at sons and daughters and say this is the truth but sometimes, honestly, I think it's easier for us to say Gen Z is a lost generation and kick them to the side because if they cultivate their gifts, then we have to cultivate our gifts because it's impossible to mentor somebody that you're not in profession in. I can't mentor you in math if I've never taken a math class. How can I mentor you in the things of the spirit if I'm moving without the hand of God on my life and I don't even realize it? We have a generation looking, searching for something real. We're here charging rocks and crystals in the moonlight, hoping that it's going to tell us who we are when we have mothers and fathers and sisters and brothers that can rise up and speak into our lives and say, this is who you are. I told the kids in my youth group, it is not lost on me that when you look at the most recent mass gruesome shootings and killings, it's not 55-year-old men doing this as much as I would prefer it to be them because then it makes me look a little better. It is young men doing these things. It's not a 62-year-old dude crip walking into the high school and then shooting things up. It's young men. But what if we had mothers and fathers that were stepping up and training our children? Me and Chelsea tell the kids in our youth group all the time, I want to get to the point to where you prophesy back to me and it's better and it's more accurate because if my ceiling is your floor, then that means I have to raise where I'm at. And guess what? It's happening. It's happening. One time we had a service and I told Chelsea, how is it possible for water and fire to flow at the altar at the same exact time? I don't know, but here the kids are laid out and we're stepping over them to get to the next one to pray. 
But I told the kids, it's not lost on me that we're seeing young men doing these things. 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, all of those fall into the category of Gen Z. But if we don't have other people inside of our generations rising up these other young men who could walk into their high schools and say, hey, I know what you got in your backpack. I know what it is that you're about to do, but you're a son, so you don't have to do it. This is who you're called to be, who can walk into the high school and look at the young girl and say I know you looked into the mirror today and hated everything about you so you're going home to figure out another way to end the life but you are a daughter you are loved you are beautiful you are valued suicide isn't the way depression isn't the way anxiety isn't the way mass shootings isn't the way you're a daughter you're a son rise up in your calling but if we don't have the mothers and the fathers from the Xers from the boomers from the millennials to rise up and tell them what to do then we got them on TikTok, finding out from somebody else. It's basic science. What you cultivate will grow. What you speak will come into fruition. I have to tell you guys something, and please don't be shocked by this. One day you will grow old and die. I know. I know. It's a shock. Not me. I'm going to be like the prophets. And when I'm 108, I'm walking into glory. I'll say, I think I'm done now. And that's how I'm going to go. But one day, some of y'all are going to grow old and die. And if we stop cultivating the things that the Father has given us, it will die with us. Someone has to rise up and take our place. The youth of today have to rise up and take our place. And I can guarantee you people will rise to whatever it is that you set the bar for them to rise to. If we preach, what does it mom say? Shut up and keep preaching. Yes, they will rise to the bar that you set for them. What does it say in Romans that all of creation is groaning for the sons and the daughters to be released? For the sons and the daughters to be released and to be revealed. See, when I'm not a youth pastor every other day of the week, I am a midwife. Which means I'm catching people's babies left and right. Which means I've come very attuned to what it is that a groan sounds like right before a mama is about to meet the promise she's been waiting on for nine months. I know exactly what that sound is. Sometimes I'll be in another room and I'll hear a mom make a sound and I say, let me go get my gloves on because something good is about to come. And can I tell you right now, all of earth is gathering up and putting their gloves on because they're saying Gen Z is about to be revealed. It's about to reveal something to us because they're looking for the something that is real. But we have the opportunity to cultivate where that source is coming from. It's an invitation. It's an opportunity. And I'm about to be done because I don't take God but a minute in me 15. But 1 Timothy 4.16 in the Passion Translation says, Give careful attention to your spiritual life and every cherished truth that you teach. For living what you preach will release salvation not only inside of you, but to all of those who listen to you. The kingdom of God is not about wise and persuasive words. It's about acts and demonstrations of power. 
It's the laying on of hands. It's the stirring of the gifts. It's releasing the gift of the Holy Spirit to speak to someone and say, rise up and take your place. This is who you are. This is what you were called to be. Millennials and Gen Z, you are the next four runners. Rise up and take your place. And I think I'm done. That's it. One day I'm going to go to preacher school and learn how to end a sermon. But that's it. I'm done. That's it. I'm going to leave the iPad. Awesome. Come on up, Jordan. Very cool. How was that? I mean, that was power, power preaching. So what we're going to have them do, uh, we're going to have them close it out by praying. I'm going to have Jordan pray over the um, young adults, millennials. Yep. And then uh, she's going to pray over the Gen Zs. Yeah. So you, you, if you are in that category, this is for you. Uh, if you're not, just join them in prayer. Actually, let's stand. We're going to agree that the enemy will not take the next generations. This is very important. If you look around, man, he is coming hard, but our God is greater. Defender. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah. God, we are just grateful beyond grateful. If you guys would just extend your hands with me. God, we are grateful, beyond grateful. Thank you for the generation that you're rising up. Yeah, you're raising up some great men and women, God, right here out of encounter. And we say yes, and we say thank you. See, the word says it's like many are called, but few are chosen. But when you dig into like what it means, it says many are called, but few choose to. And there's so many that God is asking right now. He says, bro, if you choose to, I'm ready to launch you off. If you choose to, I'm right here waiting. God has never stopped loving you. God's never stopped loving you. It says that he founded the foundation of the universe in love, which means the very first thought that God had towards you was, I love you. God's not cynical about your future. God's not sarcastic. God's not mean. He's not making belittling comments about you. God sees exactly who you are. He sees the fire. He sees the passion. He sees the determination to make a difference and to make a mark in this world. And if you're willing to partner with him, You've got it. My homie DJ, bro, I feel like God is just saying, bro, you got it. 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 What is it that you need, man? You got it. If you need more community, you got it. If you want mentors, you got it. I'm not even talking about myself. I'm talking about people, just pastors in general, because there's something so special in you. And God is saying, I do not want to miss this and you're not going to miss this. So I'm here in this moment. To just encapture you in my love and say, bro, you got it. There is a new depth for you in your walk. 
God wants to begin to show you things. Like Jared was saying, there's a difference between the real and the fake. And you're like, yo, I'm burning for the real. Let me see some of that. Let me get some of that. Like I literally, and God's like, you're in line at a buffet, bro. And he's scooping it onto your plate. Get ready to see the power of God in your life in action. Like never before. And God, I just speak to the rest of our young adults, God. And I say, bless them indeed enlarge their territory let your hand be with them Abba Father and keep them from evil so that they might not cause others pain in Jesus name Jerry so Father right now we lift up Gen Z Father right now we lift up the youth not only of our nation but of nations countries around the globe Jesus Jesus, right now we say revival is here because if we constantly say revival is coming, then we'll never reach it. So revival is here within a generation. Father, right now we rebuke the word curses that would say Gen Z is an unchurched, un-Jesus generation that doesn't know how to believe. Father, right now we stand and we say rise up and take your place, sons and daughters. Father, right now, I read something somewhere that says Gen Z is the most likely to kill themselves. That we have seen greater measurements of suicide running rampant through a generation than we've ever seen before. So right now, we say no to premature death. We rebuke the spirit of suicide. Father, right now, we release joy. We release hope. Father, we release the mothers and the fathers to say, come stand upon our shoulders and see a better vision. Come get something that looks a little bit different. Father, right now we release your Holy Spirit power to a generation. Whoa, Jesus, we say no more. We say no more. We say the victory of the Lord is ours. Joy is ours. We release the hope of glory that is Jesus Christ. Father, heaven, would you come a little closer? Jesus, I thank you that you rejoice over us with songs and dancing. So with the songs of the Spirit ring louder in the ears of our youth than any other thing that we would ever hear. Father, when outside talk and negativity comes in, would your song ring a little bit louder? Father, would we tune our ears to the groaning of earth that is waiting to unveil the sons and daughters? Would we get our gloves on and say we're going to catch these babies that are being born? Whoa, Jesus. Oh. God, thank you for the real thing. We thank you for your presence, God. We thank you that you are tuning our eyes to see the presence all around us. Father, I thank you that we are not a generation, that we are not a people that are a product of time, but we're a product of eternity that has been plucked out of eternity and placed on earth for a time as this. So we say, rise up and take your place, sons and daughters. Father, I thank you for the mothers and the fathers in the room. Whoa. I thank you for the mothers and the fathers in the room that we would begin and continue to cultivate our gifts. Precious gifts that we don't take for granted from you, Holy Spirit. 
Father, what Jordan prayed, would your hand be upon us? Will we recognize your hand upon us? Will we begin, begin to grow and cultivate what it is that you have given to us so that it doesn't die with us? But that it would continue to grow and get bigger and get better and go from glory to glory to glory to glory to glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let it be. Thank you, Father. Wow. That was great, guys. That was great. Um, hey, this Wednesday night, we have Bible study and youth group. And it's Friday night. This Friday night, right? It's the, the house. So that's for uh, 18 to 33. Is that right? Yeah. All right. Did you have something? Mom had something. I thought you might have something. Come on up, Mom. Where's the mic? I think it's important that we have this moment. It's a Selah moment for us. It is a call to action. How many of you know faith is an action? And if every action requires a corresponding action. So our corresponding action is not to just take this, like what a beautiful message is, because there was one message. And in that message, there was a clarion call being released. How many of you heard the alarm being sounded? As a generation, it is our responsibility to build a wall, not a physical wall, because that don't have anything to do with the kingdom. We're called to build a wall in the kingdom, and it's important for us that are of the older generations and the old generations. There's a line of demarcation because I'm not old. We have to build a wall. And the reason why it's important for us to build a wall is because I need you all to hear this. Here, it was one message in one thread. The wall that he's speaking of, that Nehemiah wouldn't come down, he couldn't come down because of this. Our ceiling becomes our children's floor. So if we stop building the wall because our expectation and our anticipation is because we have a lack of vision or perception for the generations coming behind us where we stop building and where we refuse to take up our weapon, that's where they start. So we have to build higher because it lifts them higher. We must keep building whether you're 18 81 or 132 you have a responsibility to keep building and not come down we have a responsibility to declare life over the generations coming behind us we have a responsibility to release hope to those who are hopeless and the reason being is because of this if you hear what they're saying the statistics are speaking and what is happening and what's transcribing is we are people of life and we're called to release life. The wall that we're building is the life of the kingdom, this life in Jesus. And what happens is if we come off the wall and we stop building, death becomes their, becomes their savior. And millions of people are looking at the opportunity to end their lives because death is now their savior. When we carry the truth on the wall that we stand and the word of God that we preach that Jesus is the salvation and the savior of the world. So when we don't come down, we give them something to stand on. 
hear them by the spirit. It wasn't two messages, it was one. So today we challenge you, everyone in this room, Chris released what he released. We release hope, we release faith. We have to receive that. It's not just falling on us. Posture your hearts to receive, take up your weapons and build and declare because out of your breath is the Ruach, the breath of heaven that releases the savior of the world. Jordan has about 30, he wants about 30, 30 seconds to say something. Real quick, um, Jesus was the chief cornerstone, period. When it came down uh, to the woman who was caught in adultery, he said, let he who was the without sin cast the first stone. He himself was the only stone. And Jesus, instead of throwing himself at her, threw himself in front of her. And I really feel like Mr. Augie over there, I need you to understand that Jesus is throwing himself before you, Bubba. This is a word for everybody, but I feel like God wants you to hear this. He's, there is no anger in him towards you. You are anointed. You are called. God wants you, bro. God wants you. God loves you. I literally see you like encased in stone and you're like, oh, I'm trying to get out. But you don't realize that God is like the perfect stone worker and he's just chiseling you out, bro. You are not designed to fit in a mold. You're designed to break them. All the days of your life, you'll be followed by the Holy Spirit. There's no getting away from it, Bubba. So we love you, bro. So good. So good. Guys, have a great week. We'll see you next, either Wednesday night or next Sunday. Oh, altar team, come on up. If you want prayer, you can get prayer with, from our altar team. All right, bless you guys.